Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. one with a minute 14 left to go the Colts start trailing by two 26 to 24 and from our vantage point looks like this is going to be a 43 yard try to give the Colts the lead down by a pair he sizes it up the ball's between the hash marks it'll be out of the hole to Rigoberto Sanchez there's a snap the ball kick is on its way it is no good it's no good from 43 yards out, Vinatieri pushes it wide to the left, and he missed it badly. Oh, boy, missed it badly is an understatement. Matt Taylor there on the call, 26-24. Joe Monero's happy. That is happy with that performance and that ending. We are back, another edition of Kevin's Corner. I'm Kevin Bowen. Joey Molinaro is off to Disney World. Uh, no, it's not because he thinks he won the Super Bowl yesterday. He's he's on his honeymoon. Um, so as we do, per usual on this podcast, when Joey's out, we bring in the bullpen, and that's Madeline Bowen in studio on this Monday morning. Mads, how you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me back. Hopefully they aren't too menacing after a loss. They can be a little fangs in the neck, sort of. Okay, well, channel that towards Kevin, not towards me. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you you guys know where my mentions are, K-Bone 1070 on Twitter. But obviously we're going to hit on a lot. Uh, it wasn't all horrific yesterday, but the cardiac Colts strike again. If you got blood pressure issues, you shouldn't watch this football team. Man, it is fun to watch, though, if you don't have cardiac issues. Yeah, but like <laughs> every single game, down to literally the final drive, final minutes, it continues. Yesterday is a game that if you'd have told me before – no T.Y. Hilton. Jacoby Brissett plays a quarter. I probably wouldn't have thought the Colts would have a chance at the at the end, but I think I guess that's what's so maddening and frustrating. It's that you're on the road, and you have a great opportunity to steal a road win, and the guy that you think you've trusted or you have trusted for over a decade cost you another game, and, and you played undisciplined for a second straight week. You played stupid. We've said on this podcast all year long, the opponent, play stupid against the Colts. The Colts have played stupid the last two weeks, and it goes back to something Joey and I talked about last Thursday. The Colts play to their competition. I I don't care. Put the personnel aside. Pittsburgh was without their starting quarterback and starting running back. Let's put personnel aside. Be smart. This football team is, their head coach preaches discipline so, so much. You played stupid, and stupid cost you a big road win. Yeah, it was a bummer. Man, I know we're going to get into this when we talk about things that you didn't like about the game, but Vinny, it's just he's either saving you or really making things tough. And, and I, it is – I know, you know, he is someone that you always trusted, um, and it's it's debatable now, possibly. And, and, and did you hear how you phrased that? Past tense. You know, you, you always – it was – you always did that. Do you Do you any longer – trust him like that's that's the reality of where we are we'll, we'll definitely get into that as Matt said we'll get into things I didn't like um, things I liked one last point before we hop into that 
do I all of a sudden think this loss totally shifts my thinking of kind of where I've always believed this football team is right now at the midway point of the season? Probably not. You know, a lot of injuries yesterday, and you like to think they can overcome the lack of discipline we saw. But where this loss stings is who you lost to and what the rest of the AFC did yesterday. You lost to the Steelers. Now with the Texans winning yesterday, they're a half game above you in the division. So you're slotted in that second wild card spot. That's the last playoff spot in the AFC. And look at the three teams behind you. Pittsburgh at 4-4. Four and four, The Raiders at 4-4. Four and four, The Chargers at 4-5. and five. You're sitting there at 5-3. and three. What's the common denominator with those three teams? You lost all three of them. There's the head-to-head tiebreaker. And that's just... That's what we love about the NFL is there's so much parity and one week can shift so many things. But at the same time, that's what's so maddening about the loss. It's that if you win that game, now you almost feel like you're a bit like Buffalo. You know, Buffalo's sitting there pretty, continuing to win, and they're right there knocking on a potential division lead if, if New England slips up again, something like that. The Colts are still in the thick of an AFC South race. But yesterday's loss now means, oh boy, if you slide into that wild card pool things aren't as much in your favor. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think yesterday's loss was a big shift. Big shift makes you want to bang your head against the wall and, you know, drink things on a Sunday you never thought you'd drink. Yeah. Well, um, let's get into it then, Kev. So uh, we mentioned we'd get into this. Let's talk about things that you didn't like, starting with just general sloppiness. Yeah. um, It goes back to what I talked about earlier. It's just a very undisciplined football team the last two weeks. You had the seven penalties for 89 yards, couple drops thrown in there three turnovers led directly to 17 points um again injuries aside you played like a two and five three and four football team two and five I'm referencing what Denver was last week when you had 10 penalties three and four obviously what Pittsburgh was coming into yesterday's game and it's just the fundamental aspect of football it has to be there 10 times more when you have the personnel issues that you had yesterday. No Hilton. Ryan Kelly only plays about a half. Jacoby leaves after um, you know, after about a quarter. No, no Pierre to see her as well. You've got to be just not even perfect, but you've got to be really darn good fundamentally. Four penalties, one turnover. Like mm-hmm. lessen that a little bit and give yourself a chance to win away from home. And, you know, Frank Reich said it coming into this game. I enjoy listening to Frank Reich on Fridays with, with Matt Taylor, and we obviously heard Matt Taylor on the call there um, to start this this version of Kevin's Corner. He always lays out a very specific key or two in each game, and it's not just like basic sort of, we can't turn the ball. Like It's not just like vanilla stuff he could say each and every week. It's very specific to that opponent, and he explains, similar to what we said on Thursday's podcast, it comes down to turnovers. Pittsburgh is second in the NFL in forced turnovers. The Colts are fourth in committing fewest turnovers. It's been a strength of this football team all season long, mm-hmm. and that strength went out the window. Yeah. Um, you know, we can talk about Brian Hoyer a little bit later, I guess, when we um, break down Jacoby's injury, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of save that. But you lost the turnover battle, and this is going to sound stupid. All turnovers are bad. But the Colts had really, really bad turnovers yesterday. Like, just the pick six, 96 yards, Mm -hmm. and then Jester Rogers fielding a punt like you or I would field a punt. Mm -hmm. Just just things that cannot happen. Um, Yeah, I don't think that sounds stupid. I think that that's a fact. 
And then, and then lastly, one more thing before we move on. Darius Leonard's penalty to end the first half. It, it's a play that I'm not used to seeing from Darius Leonard. It, it's a play I'm used to seeing Antonio Morrison make. It's a play I'm used to seeing TJ Green make. It, it, it's a play that I'm used to seeing guys make, and then they are getting an Uber to the airport on Tuesday morning because they've just been cut. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not Darius Leonard. And that's inexcusable from one of your best players, who I think is, for the most part, stays away from those sorts of mistakes. He has not played like an all-pro. He's not played like a pro bowler. Um, he was bad yesterday. I, I, I feel, feel, feel perfectly fine in saying that. Um, when I go back and take a deeper dive at the tape, I think that will indicate that. Um, that penalty cost you three points. You've got three guys wrapping up. I think it was Vance McDonald, their tight end. Three guys wrapping them up. No, no time and score, Darius. No time left in the at the end of the first half. Pittsburgh has no timeouts. Even if he breaks that tackle, which he wasn't breaking it, even if he breaks that, all you got to do is tackle the guy before he gets another 40 yards. Pittsburgh's not going to get another playoff. He comes in there a little bit late. Life in the NFL in 2019, you're going to get called for that penalty 10 times out of 10, and it costs your team three points. And again, mm-hmm. it goes back to this further point. You've got to be disciplined when you have the injuries that you do. Yeah. And you weren't that yesterday. Yep. A hundred percent. So let's talk about what everyone really wants to talk about and how we led into this podcast. Uh, Vinny. Do, do people want to talk about it? <laughs> well, they, they want some answers. They want to know what's going uh, on. I think I speak for everyone when I say that. What do you think? Do you feel bad for him? I can't help. I mean, I'm an empath. I can't help but feel bad for him. But uh, but I don't know. I mean. It, it, it's tough to see. I mean, honestly, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before because I've always been on the more of the let's take an honest approach at this. Okay, people, let's take off the rose-colored glasses. I know he's on the side of Lucas Oil Stadium. I've always said it. Vinny could miss 20 kicks the rest of the year, and that does not change my mind of how I look at his career. He is a first-bout Hall of Famer. He's one of the clutchest athletes ever to play any sport, bar none, bar mm-hmm. none. Tiger on Sunday in 2000, out of a Terry kicking you know, balls in the last minute of a game. Incredible. It's an issue. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood doesn't go to the NFL and say, give me your stories and let us write them. No, this is real life. Like, kickers don't write off into the sunset. Players in general don't write off right. into the sunset. This is where we're at. And let's start with the final kick of the game. The laces issue is first on the snapper. I know a lot of it. We all watched, what's the movie, Ray Finkel. Do you know? Um, laces out. See, I, I don't watch movies. This is where Joey comes in. This is where you have to come in. <laughs> Sorry. I do watch movies, but I don't know the movie about laces out. All I can think of is Rudy. <laughs> Jim Carrey. Ace Ventura, pet pet detective. Oh, what's... what's... Laces out, Finkel, like... Doesn't oh. he yell at him, something like that? I, don't, I mean, look, I, I don't watch movies. Um, God, steaming up in the studio on a Monday morning. You can tell I'm riled up right now. Um, that's on Luke Rhodes. That's on the snapper. He's got to give the ball to Rigoberto Sanchez in a place to where you don't need to spin it. And Greg Doyle in his column, I thought, um, explained it well. Let's say the ball's at 12 o'clock mm-hmm. and the laces are right there at, at 12 o'clock. The ball's a clock. The laces should be at 12 o'clock. Pointing, oh, Adventary should kick the ball at 6 o'clock. So the laces should be pointing towards, towards the, goal the goal post. post. When Rigo catches it, it should be just you place it down, you don't need to spin it. Right. When he places it down, that ball's like at 5 o'clock. 
and now Rigo's panicking a little bit. He can't spin it towards him. He tries to spin it away from him, and he barely spins it at all. Now those laces are pointed right at Vinny. Yeah. That ball never had a prayer, though. Like, mm-hmm. that ball started left. It. <sighs> well, and did he even know where the laces were? If We watched that Pat McAfee thing, and he was saying yeah. there was kind of a blind spot. For yeah. Them. I don't know. I... <sighs> It's really tough to say. It's it, it it's a very good question because you know does that impact how you hit the ball? Because clearly he chunked it, mm-hmm. didn't didn't hit a good ball. And you know but, I thought McAfee pointed out during during his little um, three minute video, Vinny wasn't kicking the ball well at all yesterday. Mm. And I think that's where we're at here in 2019. The five missed extra points lead the NFL. The five missed field goals. He only missed four field goals all last year. Like th- those numbers speak for themselves. But even his makes haven't been pretty. They're like nail biters every time. They're just kind of like, oh, God, boy, mm-hmm. if that upright was, you know, in the uh, Arena Football League, you'd be missing that. Do you ever go to an Arena Football League game back in the day with your family? Nope. Indiana Firebirds? Did not. Gosh, I would think you guys would have gone. Mm-mm. I guarantee you your, your, your brothers went. I maybe got left out of that outing. Um, You probably weren't losing any sleep over that. Mm-mm. This is where I'm at right now on Vinny. That kick should have been better. I'm not saying you got to make it there on that 43-yarder, but that's a duck. I mean, that's a duck-smothered hook that's just that. What you're? I almost yelled four when I saw him kick it. <laughs> yeah. It was so bad. And then you have the extra point miss earlier in the game where he doesn't get the ball high enough. It's bad. You have to again bring in kickers. This is where you're at right now. So, what does our kicker bench look like? Well, n- no one. There, you don't have a backup kicker. That's life in the NFL. But I think it's a very fair question. Do you bring in a kicker right now and put him on your practice squad? I can't believe we haven't done that yet. I think that, to me, now a lot of people are just saying cut him. Some people are saying ride out the rest of the season. At the bare minimum, I think a kicker's got to come on your practice squad. Mm-hmm. Vinny kicked better once you brought the kickers in to try out back in week three. Now, part of that was you're kicking indoors. I've always said this is going to be – I've always said this is going to be a storyline all season long. This is never going to be over, especially when you go outside. And this is this is reality. The Colts have accepted this reality. They are saying we're going to ride out out of Vinatieri. What does that mean? You're going to have an inconsistent kicker in 2019. That has cost you two of eight games. The NFL season is 16 games long. That man has cost you a fourth of your season. Yeah. You aren't a good enough football team. To survive that, you aren't this elite juggernaut that's sixteen and zero and a top five offense and a top five defense. You aren't. Fourth down has got to be solid, and it's not um, right out at all. And, and <sighs> few thoughts on Frank Reich and his blind loyalty right now to Adavinatieri. Listeners of this podcast know full well what I think of Frank Reich. I think he's a really, really good football coach. I think his offensive mind is superior to 99% of the NFL. It's one thing to publicly state your confidence in Adam Vinatieri, and I think you probably like that in that he's not publicly just shamming this guy and throwing him under the bus. But when your blind loyalty starts to impact your decision-making in a game, that's where I have an issue. And for a second straight week, we saw Frank Wright get, get conservative for him once you got into field goal range and I put that in quotes because a 51 yarder last week a 43 yarder this week that's not an extra point 
Mm-hmm. Like that's, and I mean, hell, some people yeah, might can't argue make an that. Extra point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some might argue that as well. And, and and trust me, that that kick yesterday wouldn't have been good from twenty three yards, let alone forty three. But I didn't like the three straight runs to end that drive. Pittsburgh is now feeding off it. They almost have a, a loss to start the drive. Marlon Mack makes a great play in the backfield, avoids a four or five yard loss, and gets six. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you have the three yard loss to end that series. And it's just it's just kind of blood in the water at that point. Pittsburgh's feeding off that. Some momentum is going. Like, instead of being a little bit more aggressive with a timeout, and again, I'm not asking for a seven-step drop with your backup quarterback. I'm saying do a little bit more. Can you get Doyle over the middle? Can you run him in the flat? Do something like that to where maybe you're creating another first down. Maybe you're milking a little bit of clock. You, you, you still would have given the ball back to Pittsburgh with a lot of time Yeah, in that situation as well. And basically what what Reich said was this. When the Colts got that six-yard gain by Marlon Mack on first down, Frank Reich dialed up his analytics, and they told him he was in a good spot. He didn't need to be any more aggressive. Analytics are something that every coach uses nowadays, and I get it. Numbers are a huge part of this game. But do your analytics take into account the kicker issue that you currently have right now? Do they take into account a blocked extra point earlier in the game where the ball wasn't high enough? Mm-hmm. That's where I disagree with just we are going with this blind loyalty yep. of his track record speaks for itself. Adam Vinatieri is going to turn 47 years old next month. Mm-hmm. It, he, his track record in 2019, and like we've said before, in 2018, when he was a below-average kicker in the NFL, this is not a... One game, six game, this is a now a two-year issue. Two seasons. This has been a problem. That track record is no longer there. So, yeah, that, that, that's where we're at. Last thing on Vinny before we move on. I don't know if there's a better option on the open market. That's what the Colts have got to find out. You've got to bring in kickers. Of the six kickers they brought in back in week three, two of them are now on NFL rosters. Bring those four kickers back. Find some other kickers. Hell, go to Carmel High School. They're always good at soccer. See if they have a kid that wants to come kick. Do, do something to see what your options are there. Maybe bring that guy on, onto the practice squad and almost have a tryout. with Vin- I mean, something to give him a kick in the you-know-what. I tend to think it's more of a physical issue at this point of his career. And that, that, that plant leg, the injury he had back in the preseason, I think there's there's um, there's more to it. So. Yeah, definitely a physical issue. And then combined with sort of a mental mind game that he's definitely playing with himself. Which is so weird to mess. say about him. You know, because he's such, we think of him, again, I always make the Tiger analogies, and you're, you're sick and tired of it more than anyone because you hear it 24-7 from me. You just think of him as such a great mentally composed athlete. Ice water in his veins. He's made these kicks to win Super Bowls when the whole world is watching. Mm -hmm. And now you worry about him. And you worry about the entire kick operation. Because now there's even more pressure on Luke Rhodes and Rigo to to get the snap down. To get the hold down. Everyone is pressing. mentally. Everyone is kind of like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, is this happening? I mean, can Zach Pascal kick? I mean, he seems to be the only guy doing anything for his football team. <laughs> he was amazing yesterday. On, on, on a consistent basis. So, where I'm at with Vinny right now, you bring in kickers, and I don't have this answer. I, I don't 
If I knew anything about backup kickers, you would have divorced me a long, a long, long time ago because you already <laughs> think that I spend too much time on my job anyway. So um, I don't know what Greg Joseph, again, these are employees at Salesforce, Greg Joseph, Chase McLaughlin, uh, I forget the other kicker's name. I don't know these guys. from. They, they could go shop at Fresh Time, and I wouldn't even know who they are. Uh, I'm trying to go to Aldi's, but you've got to bring them in. See what's out there. Make a decision. Yep, agreed. All right, let's move on from Vinny. Um, let's talk about the offensive line. That was a disaster. Yeah, disaster, especially in pass protection. Especially in pass protection. And I know Ryan Kelly's out, and he handles a lot of pass protection, pre-snap stuff. But to me, it wasn't so much of identifying where the rushers are coming from. No, no, no. You just got your ass kicked in one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. Braden Smith, Anthony Costanzo, Quentin Nelson, Mark Lewinsky, all four of them. No one is absolved. We saw the Nelson think- bull rush into Jacoby Brissett. You don't see that very I know Cameron Hayward got that hand up to his face mask a little late in that play. He still got his you-know-what into a 330-pound Quentin Nelson early into that play. And mm-hmm. I thought it was the worst individual effort out of that O-line group. All those guys with one-on-one issues. And I know Pittsburgh's got a good defense. I don't think their front is like... I don't think they're interior of their D-line. You know, they don't have Stefan Tewitt anymore. Hayward's a stud, but, like, they don't run a bunch of 280-pound bodies at you. The Colts, I think, just lost a lot of quickness outside of Hayward. It was Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt in the backfield at critical moments. Yeah. It's crazy to me that T.J. Watt's parents named him T.J. and his brother J.J. And then Derek. Yeah, Derek is a little bit of an outlier. Was Derek kind of the unexpected one? They're hoping it was a girl, and they're just like, "All right, let's call him Derek." <laughs> I mean, CJ. Could we have not gone CJ? Wild, MJ? wild that those are their names. But no, I mean, did it? Was it mostly happening when Moyer came in? Like, is Hoyer. there? Oh, sorry, <laughs> not Moyer Jewelers. Hoyer. <laughs> when Hoyer came in, I feel like just, first of all, I, I had never heard of him before. Um, but like, do they not like him or something? They just wanted him to get crushed. Stop, Stop it! No, it's just. They just got whipped. I mean, point blank. They just got whipped. And again, it goes back to my earlier point of when you have the personnel issues that you do, you're relying on your strength to be there. A strength of this football team is your offensive line. They don't deliver for you. Like, yes, sloppiness and adivinitary and and kicking issues in general, that all deserves blame. But this is supposed to be old faithful. Pittsburgh's O-line, missing a starter as well. They allow one sack. Euro line, five sacks and 31 pass attempts. That has got to be something now, two weeks in a row, uh, that's got to be maddening. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You feel like that wraps up offensive line? Yeah, I'm good with it. What do okay. you got next? Um, let's talk about Brissett's injury. Obviously a, a, a big item in the, the game yesterday, and I know people definitely want to hear what's going on there. So what do you have for us? Yeah, Frank Reich's description was MCL-ish, which... Sounds like a bit of an odd description, uh, but that's what he said after the game. Sprained MCL, I think, is the early, early prognosis, and I stress early. These are things that definitely have to be evaluated once swelling comes down, once you get off a plane flight, you know, MRI, further sort of evaluation for Jacoby Brissett. It was pretty clear, I think, to everyone watching, Brissett was trying to come back into that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, he had his helmet on. Yeah, which is very rare. You don't see that from a lot of injured guys. Usually the medical team's like, give me your helmet, you're not going back in the game. But we heard Frank Reich at halftime say he wasn't ruled out. They never ruled him out, which I think is a good sign in looking long-term. This is not a torn ACL. Don't think it's anything too, like, 
season ending, but clearly the lateral movement was his biggest hindrance. And that's usually what you see with knee knee injuries. It's what can you do laterally. Um, a rare scenario is how Frank Reich described it. That's what it would have taken for uh, Jacoby to go back in the game. Um, he wears a brace on that left knee, which a good amount of quarterbacks wear a brace on that plant knee anyways. Can you get a bigger brace and, and just say, look, man, tough it out. You know, can, can you do that? Can he play through that? Part of me thinks to myself, if you can't beat the Dolphins with Brian Hoyer at quarterback, mm-hmm. you probably don't deserve to do a whole lot this season. Good that we have them next week. Yeah, uh, it's about the equivalent of a bye week um, that you can get in the NFL. So that's where we're at. Again, stay tuned to, to 1075thefan.com and kbowen1070 on Twitter. We'll have further updates on Jacoby Brissett. Do you bump up Chad Kelly? You know? <laughs> a year ago last week, Chad Kelly is getting arrested for having – too many whatever at a Halloween party in Denver, and now he could be a play away from being the Colts quarterback. You that, talk about a great Hollywood story. That's one. That would be wild. He's um, entertaining. Yeah, Chad Kelly. He could be a play away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff if you would have told me back in April, I wouldn't have believed. Um, Fourth deep. Jacoby Bursett. I don't think it's like, again, anything too, too long-term. You sit him for Miami, then you have two big divisional games in a five-day stretch, Jacksonville, and then the Houston game on the Thursday nighter. I mean, just cancel work on Friday already because your blood pressure can't handle you waking up early on a Friday morning. Start the three-day weekend. That's going to be the game of the year. Like, we all point, can you get Jacoby ready kind of for that stretch? And that could be the T.Y. Hilton game. We'll get we'll get into a little bit later um, on this podcast, but – um. I actually thought Brian Hoyer was better than most backup quarterbacks going into that game. The pick six was bad. Really, really bad. Very bad. I can't (laughs) stress that enough. But Brian Hoyer made some throws that a lot of backup quarterbacks... Mason Rudolph wouldn't have made some of those throws. Some big-time throws from Brian Hoyer. And that's why you pay him the type of money that you do to be your backup quarterback. So, uh, I'd probably ride Hoyer out for, uh, for another week. Cool. Sounds like a plan. Um, let's move on to happier subjects. Um, a couple of things that you really liked yesterday. Let's start with the red zone defense. Ben, but don't break. They, they bowed up big time. And yes, we can nitpick a few things on the defensive side of the ball. They weren't great. It wasn't an all worldly defense by that or, um, effort by that unit, but still they did enough for you to win the football game. Um, they created a safety, they created a couple turnovers, and one of four in the red zone were the Steelers. You're now, you've held teams now to five of 15 in the red zone the last four weeks. That is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, you've made them kick field goals. Kenny Moore, Anthony Walker, Malik Hooker and run support, Justin Houston, all of them I thought were really, really good. I've touched on Leonard. And one of the keys to the game I had coming into this was how would you take away Juju Smith-Schuster? That's someone to name. <laughs> That's a wild name. Juju. <laughs> Juju Bowen? What Juju do you think? Bowen. <laughs> no? Let's table that. Okay. A very unisex name, I feel like. Could be a girl, could be a boy. It reminds me of that candy. Juju beans? Yeah, something. Okay, I got you, know? you there. If you pass out on Halloween, no one's coming to your house. That's the truth. Um, But the job on Juju, and was a lot of Kenny Moore, Three catches for 16 yards and five targets. I, I thought that was really, really solid. And um, 
I mean, I know Pittsburgh's offense sucks. They're 28th in the NFL. They didn't have James Conner, but your defense did enough. So I wanted to make sure that we gave them uh, a pat on the back for how they played. Yeah. I mean, personally, when when the other team gets into the red zone, there have definitely been years, I feel like, where I've been like, you know, count it. Here comes seven. Yeah, here comes seven. And I don't feel that way right now, so that's Not, a that's a fun feeling. And that's that is so such an important component to this defense because they are going to allow completions. They are going to be a bit vanilla. Like they aren't a great great defense. Mm-hmm. That means you've got to get that neck to tighten up inside the you know inside the fifteen ten yard line. And Mason Rudolph, he was as bad as Flacco. But this goes back to what you did against Deshaun Watson, what you did against Patrick Mahomes. Your defense has been big time in the red zone, and that's why you're in these football games. That's why you have a great chance to win these games. So, Matt Eberflus, job well done. Hopefully his wife will favorite one of my tweets. She she has not done that. Uh, <laughs> Matt Eberflus, job well done with your uh, with your unit. Yep, definitely. Um, and then let's move on to the, the star of the show yesterday who just had everyone smiling, Zach Pascal. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, a player you probably didn't even know was on the Colts before I yesterday. I knew his first name. Yeah, actually you did. Now that I think about it. That was amazing. Um, he's one of your most important players right now, which is another just astonishing thing to say. But there he is on special teams. He's recovering a fumble that Paris Campbell had. Five catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. Making catches out of his catch radius, if you will. Such a good route runner. Like, watch Deion Kane come out of a break and watch Zach Pascal come out of a break. Two different guys right now. He's one of your most trustworthy players. Mm-hmm. And I worried coming into this game, could you have support without T.Y. Hilton? Right. Your pass catchers struggled back in Oakland. Uh, your pass catchers weren't great by any means yesterday. Pascal was very, very good. Paris Campbell, the ball security is there. But he still had eight touches for 90 yards, so I don't want to lose sight. It wasn't all bad for Paris Campbell at all yesterday. You're going to need more of that because, obviously, T.Y. is going to miss three to four weeks, it sounds like. Okay, yeah. It was nice to see him step up. It's always good when uh, one of your best players is out and you have a a trustworthy Next man up. Yeah. Um, Is that about all you liked yesterday? That was really it. Before we get into Twitter questions, let's hit briefly on Hilton. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about his injury. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, non-contact in practice. Three to four weeks is kind of the uh, expected time frame, maybe was the phrase Frank Reich used. I kind of forget what he what, what exactly he said. But um, it's significant. He's your most indispensable player. Mm. Um, the ghost. The ghost, yeah. And, you know, it happened the day, or happened the day before Halloween. That's... Or maybe, cosmic. Yeah, very cosmic. And then less than 24 hours after the trade deadline. You know, would you have made, had this happened the week prior, would the Colts have been more of a buyer at that trade deadline, whereas Chris Ballard, it's just all things that go through my weird mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. A lot of people clamoring for Josh Gordon on the waiver wire. The Colts didn't make a claim there. I'm not shocked. The Colts just, they don't want troubled players in their locker room. And Josh Gordon, you can, we can act like he's resurrected things, but. Uh, there's a bit of a little, a little bit of turmoil if you're going to bring Josh Gordon in here. If Hilton is at the three week time frame, he's got a chance to be back for that Houston game on November 21st. That would be, pull up my calendar here. I have mine up. Okay, he got hurt on October 30th, 
So that would be one, two, three weeks would be the day before that Houston game. If he's a quick, quick, quick healer, he plays in that game. If not, then you're resting him until that Titans game and you get the mini bye week. So that's going to be a very difficult decision for this football team. Will he push himself? Yes, because he love he owns the Houston Texans. Um, <laughs> Remember when you said that before, and I thought he actually owned the stadium or something. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was incredible. That was good. Uh, if you look on Wiki, Wikipedia, sometimes they list him as player slash owner. Really? Yeah. Some, you know how people can go in there and. So for people who don't know, Wikipedia. he doesn't actually own. No, that would them. be I think the McNair family. Although Bob <laughs> McNair passed away um, a little bit earlier this year, I believe the McNair family oh. still owns the Texans. But T.Y. Hilton is their daddy. That's what I uh, frequently re- re- refer to him as with the Texans. Can he get back for that game? Now the good news is this: that December schedule is a bit difficult. You should have Devin Funches and T.Y. Hilton back for that final stretch run. But, man, those are some big, big-time divisional games there. Jacksonville and Houston, two AFC South games in a five-day stretch. Funches would be back for the Jacksonville game. That's when he's eligible to return. And then Hilton, um, you know, possibly for that Houston game. But the reality of the situation is this. The Colts are 0-6 without T.Y. Hilton. In the lineup, he means so much to this football team. Eric Ebron talked about it. You know, maybe it means a little bit more man coverage because teams feel like they can just line up mano a mano against the entire Colts pass catching group, and no one's going to scare you. So that'll be something to keep an eye on moving forward. And mm-hmm. Eric Ebron, and when Devin Funches gets back, those are the two guys I put more of the onus on. Those guys are in contract years. They're the, more of the veterans. They need to deliver. They've been inconsistent in their careers. They they think that they deserve number one sort of looks at their respective spots. Okay. Show Prove up. It. Mm-hmm. Show up. What, what did Ebron have yesterday? Was it one catch? I didn't even know he was playing. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> two catches, two targets, two catches for 16 yards. Oh, yeah, he did have a nice crosser out on a third down. Um, You need those guys to step up. And honestly, for for Hilton, this is a little bit bigger picture. In the last 12 months now, ankle injury, hamstring injury, calf injury. The guy who's been so durable in his career. He's he's 5'9", 180 pounds on a good day. Missed five games in his career. That's amazing. He turns 30 years old next week. Mm. Three injuries, all in the lower body in the last 12 months. We can relate to that. Turning 30 does something to your body. And Lord knows, I, we've never been close to being hit on an NFL football field. <laughs> no. um, although, I'll tell you what, man, pushing a golf cart. Oh, oh just Lord. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. God, mm-hmm. That's real life. Um, how durable is T.Y. Hilton going to be you know, throughout the rest of his career? So, something to keep an eye on. And, and the Colts have stayed away from the injury bug, you know, largely. Here in 2019. Well, except we had the biggest injury of all time. Well, we don't talk about Andrew Luck anymore on the podcast. Okay, great. Um, Not really, but we're going to try and stay away from that. Houston's got J.J. Watt out for the year. Lamar Miller tore his ACL. They're starting running back. They go win against Jacksonville yesterday. Kansas City. Tyreek Hill misses four games. They go 3-1 and one in those four games. you got to overcome them if you want to play in January. 
Got to overcome them. Colts will be tested here in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Twitter time it is. Let's go. From Matthew. We're one play away from Swag Kelly time in Indy. How absolutely insane would the fan base go if that came to fruition? <laughs> you know, I, I am curious if Jacoby is going to miss a little bit of time. Do the Colts have confidence in Chad Kelly being their backup? Yeah, you know, I don't think that's a definite, definite 100% answer. So we'll see if any veteran quarterback comes in this week. And again, hopefully we'll have a little bit more clarity um, on that pretty soon. Mm-hmm. This is from. What are you Lo- laughing about? I just, I just think Chad Kelly's a character. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one way to put it. Yeah. Um, Lloyd, when is it considered too early to draft a kicker? Third round, fourth? No, oh, very early. Yeah, I'm not doing question. that. No, no. Maybe sixth or seventh, and I don't even like drafting a kicker. I know, yeah, you probably should, but can't you find an undraft? Do you really have to waste a draft pick on a kicker? Having said that, sixth or seventh rounder is probably not going to make this team anyway, so. Now I've kind of talked myself into it. Why not draft a kicker in the sixth round? <laughs> that was <happens>? quick. <laughs> Lloyd, you talked him into it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm such a softie. <laughs> okay, this is from Big Bama 44. Question for the podcast. Love it, by the way. Thanks, Big, Big Bama. Bama. Jinx. The Colts seem to be a playoff contender instead of a championship contender due to the inconsistency of playing up and down to their competition. Do you think that's because of the young team they have or preparation from coaching staff or both? No, I think it's mostly the young team. And I just, you know, I've said it before. I don't think this is a top eight talented team in the NFL. I I just don't. So um, when you don't have that elite, elite talent, I think you're going to play to your competition more often than not. But it is still crazy, man, that it's been eight games now, all one score. Um, I think it's approaching NFL record to start a season. It's wild. Uh, Mitch, question for the next pod. At what point is Glowinski benched? Yeah, I, I've gotten this a couple times. Um, I I still think we're a game or two away from anything too drastic there, especially with if Ryan Kelly's got to miss time. Maybe Joe Haig gets a look, but uh, for now I think they stick with Glowinski. You know, I, I don't think it's full outright panic like, oh my gosh, now you have your offensive line continuity and one guy struggles a few games and you totally break that apart. But – I think he's the one that you got to watch definitely the most right now of that unit. Cool. I am the beast asks, what's going on with the O line? We talked about this a little bit already, but he says we are hammered as Colts fans that we have one of the toughest units in the NFL. Yet this is at least two weeks we've struggled to keep our QBs upright. A lot of negative plays and runs with or without Ryan Kelly. Is this unit coming back to earth? Yeah, and I think I am the beast makes a great point there. The negative runs. We saw that last week. We saw a couple more again on Sunday. It's the negative plays now that has got to be just so frustrating for Frank Reich in that unit up front. So um, I, I think that's spot on there. And unfortunately, that's the reality. I, You know, is that unit instead of a top three unit that we think is, is more of kind of a top ten unit? Um, you've played two good defenses, but that group needs a bit of a wake-up call right now. This question's from Laura, who has a very cute kid in her Twitter avatar. Oh, Laura sends in great questions every week. She is asking about Taekwon Lewis. It sounds like he's back to full participation in practice. So is it fair to say that he's officially a healthy scratch? What's going on there? Laura, healthy scratch. Taekwon Lewis is not on the final injury report of the week. Him and Quincy Wilson, both healthy scratches. 
A guy by the name of Trayvon Coley, the Colts signed less than a month ago. He is playing over Tyquan Lewis. This is just where you're at right now with a guy you traded up for. You know, he was one of those second-round picks last year. You moved back into the second round to get him. So, um, boy, Quincy Wilson, Tyquan Lewis right now, they are uh, they are not in the old penthouse of this coaching staff. This question's from Colts Forge, um, who asks, who is more at fault for the botched go-ahead field goal, the snap slash hold, or the actual kick itself from Vinny? Yeah, I, I, dollar I, question. Again, I, I'm not laying the full blame on Vinatieri's 43-yard field goal, but it goes back to the extra. I I, I think all parties involved there. Um, I don't think that that kick ever had a prayer of even starting online. Now, honestly, I think the bigger kick you have an issue with is the missed extra point. You don't get that ball high enough. Now you're playing catch-up the rest of the game. You've missed the extra point. Now you got to go for two later. That impacts game flow. Now you put even more pressure again on that fourth down operation. That, to me, is almost the the, the bigger issue is, can you imagine every time you go out there for an extra point now, you're thinking something's going going to go wrong. That's the reality of where you are right now. You've missed five extra points, most of the NFL. Mm -hmm. So... There is blame to be laid on Rhodes and Sanchez and Vinatieri. Everyone in that kicking operation failed yesterday. But you're starting to put more pressure on all those other parts because the right leg of number four just isn't as reliable as it has been. Yeah, I would lay most of the blame on Vinny myself. Yeah, I'd say, well, to be fair, I'd say a lot of kicking gurus would disagree with that. Really? Yeah, I know Matt, and McAfee's walking a fine line because he's defending his boy. And look, laces in, it's never a good thing. I'm not going to act like, you know, I'm some kicking guru by any means. But still, the fact that that kick, that kick had a better chance of hitting an end zone pylon than it did hitting one of the uprights. That thing was, that almost hit a 30, that almost hit Joey Molinaro in the stands. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and if it's X's and O's, I can understand why the analysts or whoever are, are saying that, but it's it's Adam Vinatieri. You should be able to trust him more than others at this point, or else he should maybe not be there, right? Oh, gosh. I don't Boy, know. we got to lock our door tonight. Okay, this question is from Colts fan in Cincy. Um, he asks, how hot is Reich's seat after another loss to an inferior team? And he, he CCs Joey Molinero in that. Dumbest question in the history of the podcast. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, gosh. I mean, that's terrible. Yeah, I think he's a great coach, too. This question's from Jason. Um, another Taekwon Lewis question. Taekwon move Lewis. On, move okay. on. All right. And this is from Almost Middle Class. Does Brian Hoyer's, not Moyer's, performance prove just and it's about. Hoyer. We're going to go singular, not plural with Hoyer. He's saying Hoyer's. Does his, it's his performance. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Does gotcha. Brian Hoyer's performance prove just about any QB can succeed with Frank Reich and that Jacoby is way overrated by many Colts uh, fans? That's not, I'm not going there. That's a, someone's trying to tee one up for me. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I can't go there. I think Brian Hoyer's a pretty competent backup quarterback and he showed that on Sunday and, um, but yeah, let's not, I need a bigger sample size than freaking three quarters. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, from Zach, is Anthony Walker the best linebacker on the Colts? He played like it yesterday. Anthony Walker's been, I think, pretty solid for you. I mean, Leonard, it's just, it was the missed run fit on the Trey Edmonds play. The third down touchdown to Vance McDonald, the overruns that. It's just, it's just not all syncing up right now for the Maniac. Anthony Walker's so sound and so solid for you. Um, 
Darius Leonard has not played great football for you this year. Yeah, such a bummer. Lucas asks, what are your thoughts on the two personal fouls called on Darius Leonard last night, speaking of which? Yeah, first one was horrific call, or excuse me, horrific play by Leonard. Mm-hmm. Should never have gone there. I, I think I talked about that earlier. Never be the fourth guy in on that play to end the first half. The second one I thought was a bad call. I thought it was really bad. I think I tweeted during the game, terrible, awful something. Come on. The guy's still in the play of field. I think it was Juju. Um, <laughs> I think Juju Bean was still there, and Leonard <laughs> hits him. Like, come on. The only reason that, Paul, that penalty is called is because it was on Pittsburgh's sideline, and he rolled into, like, a bench. Mm-hmm. <sighs> hmm. okay. Pisses me off the NFL's turning into that. This is from Joe. He says, uh, should we rest Jacoby this bye week versus the Dolphins? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I, I think Brian Hoyer should be under center. Um, put that brace on Jacoby's knee and, and, and see if he can play through that moving on. From Zach. Take out the name on the back of his jersey. Vinatieri would – oh, sorry. Take out the name Vinatieri on the back of his jersey. Would any other kicker in the league survive? That being said, I don't know who you replace him with. Sounds like he's grappling with some of the same things we are. Zach, I think, is really, and he has a lot of great takes. I think he's spot on there. If Vinatieri's last name was Bowen or Lubbers, he'd be cut. Um, But I also sit here and think that now the real question is this. Who is your next kicker? What is your option? Is a midseason guy going to come in here and be 85% on field goals and 95% on extra points? Whatever your barometer is, that's the question you must answer. So that's why I say Joseph, Chase McLaughlin, you know, all these names got to come back in the building. Matt Bryant, he just got cut. I don't know. See if he's motivated and and wants to keep on kicking. Something. Mm -hmm. This is from Colt Ambassador. 53 comments. What a coincidence. Was that Leonard's worst game of his career? I think it was. Yeah, I'd agree. Obviously, 53 referencing the jersey number there. Mm -hmm, For sure. This is from Tom. Why do you think the Colts always play down to their competition? Again, I think it goes back to a lack of talent, really. A lack of talent in the elite sense. I think there's talent on this football team, without a doubt, but... It's just a dangerous slope of, like, routine. The last two weeks, they've looked like the teams that are under 500 that they're playing against. But then the two weeks prior to that, they look like the teams above 500 in Kansas City and Houston. It's I just don't think there's enough elite talent to consistently be at the Kansas City-Houston level week in and week out. Um. Yeah, that's such an interesting question. Tom. It is, and, and and I guess they just kind of lack a killer instinct. And it, I mean, it's not just them. Like I remember my junior varsity year volleyball at Bishop Chatard. We always oh played God. down to our competition, and I guess I could never really figure it out. You know why that was, but maybe it was just like a, a lack of talent. But I think it's also a mental thing. Do you think any listener to this podcast is nodding their head? At, <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm glad she brought up those high school varsity volleyball days. Go Trojans. All right, this is from Big Black Booty Daddy. Whoa, Jesus. When Desir comes back. Starting this Monday morning off on a big note. Hey, when Desir comes back, do you think Marvel Tell will be, did I say that right? Marvel, yeah. Marvel Tell will be the number two corner over Rakusin and Quincy Wilson? That's a good question. Um, I, I still think that, you know, Rakusin's played the most snaps of any Colts defender this year. <laughs> kind of crazy to think about it like that. Um, boy, the, the, that'll be a decision that they have to make. Um, 
man, Rock probably only targeted once yesterday, and it goes for that big gain. Marvell had the questionable kind of pass interference. I, I, I still, people are going to disagree, but I still think it'll be Rock. Mm. This is from Rudman. What are your thoughts on when Reich decided to go for it on fourth and four with the lead instead of kicking a long field goal? Yeah, do, this do we get that? No, that was oh. a Hoyer strip sack. Um, it's a play we haven't talked about a whole lot. Early third quarter, what you did there is you passed up, I think, a 53-yard field goal attempt. I At the time, I wasn't like, I wasn't saying like punt, punt, punt. I also wasn't saying kick, kick, kick. But, yeah, yeah. I think I remember you just saying, Frank, what are you going to do here? Yeah, I think that is what I said. Um, I know it, it, it does kind of disagree with, like, if you have all the confidence in the world in Vinatieri, why aren't you trotting him out there for, for a 53-yarder? Um, some people, I don't know if anyone would say punt in that situation. I don't like punt there. You're kind of no man's land. But having said that, you're giving Pittsburgh a short field. Did Pittsburgh cash in on that? Yeah, they did with a, with a touchdown. Boy, that was a big play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a that's a. <sighs> I still like going for it there, but I'm the one that probably doesn't have as much faith in Venetari as Reich should have faith in, or at least Reich says he has faith in him. Mm-hmm. I, I I was okay with going for it because I hate just kind of you punt that ball in the end zone and you've gained like what 15 yards of net. I just don't love that. Yeah, high risk. High reward. That's a that's a really good debate, though. Who yeah. asked that? Uh, I already scrolled past it. I okay. think it was. Um... We're good. Okay, uh, it was Rudman. Okay. Good good question, Rudman. So, um, this is actually a a great handle coming from that fourth down. Frank says, "So you're the golf dude? Yes, fourth down, Frank. He is the golf dude. Um, did he? And he's talking about Vinny. You sound like you said said that with a little bit of a." <laughs> <clears throat> like a golf is a long sport. It's a lot of time to be out in Mother Nature. Um, he says, "Did he chili dip or chili whip that dang ball again? Uh, looked like he got a chunk of turf anyway. After all said and done, kicks were huge again. You say anything after the game? Chili dip would be the golf phrase. Um, you know, Vinny said all the right things. You know, he's he's he was a stand up professional after the game. Didn't blame the kicking operation or anything." of that matter and that's typical him he is um you know pretty stand-up guy win or loss big kick miss kick all those things so um yeah i'm sure deep down he knows it's on the kicking operation more than it's on his right leg but also he knows that the miss extra point is something to where you're in that situation now where it is all this pressure on the kick because of that you know if you don't miss the extra point then you come back and you don't go for two and you make the second extra point that kicks to send the game either win it or send the game in overtime if you miss so you can't just all of a sudden absolve everything from Vinny and be like, oh, that loss is on Rhodes and Sanchez and all that. Mm-hmm. Number four deserves some blame for sure. couple more here. Uh, this is from Daryl Drip Colts Blue Smith, and he says, and I'll edit a little bit, we've never needed Vinny more than we did yesterday, and he effed us again. <laughs> At this point, why keep him? Uh you're not resigning him next year. He or re-signing him next year. Sorry, he's to blame why we're called the Cardiac Colts. Another four points left on the field. A lot of people hope he'd probably resign. Um, what do you think the fan base thinks? What do you think? Over fifty percent think they should cut him. Yeah, I do. I think. What do you comes think is to- the vocal minority speaking? 
No, I think that probably at this point, like I was all for giving him um, a second chance after he had a really terrible game early in the season. But I think at this point, it's he's just as bad as he is good. So, um, we, like you said, we at least need to bring some some other options in. And, and you know what? The Colts, like I said earlier, the Colts have accepted this reality. This is what you're going to have to work with on fourth down. This is your kicker. This is your situation. You have an inconsistent fourth down operation. A guy that was a below average kicker in the NFL last year in field goals and extra points, and now he is one of the worst percentage-wise. The most missed extra points in the league, or he's missed more field goals than he did last year. Like, Don't be shocked if and when this happens again. I said it so many times in those September podcasts. We got questions kind of once every couple weeks once Vinny started kicking better. Are we done? Can we move on? And I said, no, you cannot because once you get outdoors, that's a whole nother element. And we saw the chunk of the turf come up yesterday. But also it's just the guy is a month short shy of his 47th birthday. And no one wants to hear me reference any former athletes like I always do on this podcast, but... The track record is not the same, and the blind loyalty has got to go out the window. You've got to critically evaluate the here and now of Adam Benatari. And also, that is, over the last 12-plus months, he's been a below-average kicker in this league. Yes, and also, let's feel bad for the people who put their heart and soul into this game and never get a chance past getting on a practice squad. Let's not feel bad for the guy that's had an amazing career, been a kicker, has a sh- crap ton of money. Shitty. You can say shitty. Okay, has a shit ton of money, and has a family to go home to. Like, Vinny is is fine. You know what? I'm glad you brought that point, Mads. Let's say you're Zach Paschal in that locker room, and you're looking around after the game, you're thinking, I just played my ass off. And if I would have had a type of game like that guy had over there, and th- this goes back to week one, week two, wh- whenever Vinny's had these issues. I'm not just saying just yesterday. There's one thing to want Vinny in that locker room because he brings this great leadership and all of that, and he's this storied kicker. But then where's the other side of the story of guys in the locker room starting to talk a little bit behind his back and saying, you're telling me you make every decision with winning at the forefront of your mind? That guy's cost us two of eight games this season. That's one-fourth of the season. Or at least he hasn't won us two of eight games that he could have won for us. Yeah, that's probably a better way to put it. All right, last question from Scotty. Is Rigoberto purposely trying to sabotage Vinny? Oh, God. <laughs> We've been missing obvious conspiracy signs this whole time. Lock down the complex. No one in or out until we solve this. This sounds like a Bill Pulley and Bill Belichick thing. Uh, Scotty, no. Scotty. Uh, Rigo, boy. And again, he's panicking. He's trying to spin the ball, and he spins it the wrong way. And, boy, there's a lot of pressure on fourth down. You better not get uh, – because you're going to the game next week, right? I am. You better not get out of your seat on fourth down. You better lie. I mean, fourth down's usually where people go to the concourse and get beer. You got to sit in your seat now on fourth down. You never know what's going to happen with this team. Ain't that the truth? She's Madeline Bowen. Mads, what do you think? Um, Sorry, you had to come in and on a loss. That's okay. It's you know you got to if you're going to do it on the wins, you got to do it on the losses too. Um, I thought it was great. Thanks for having me in, guys. I always love being here, and um, I love you, Kev. Yeah, I love you too. Um, I believe you snuck that in again. We'll be back on Thursday morning. If Jacoby, for some reason, it's catastrophic, we'll have an emergency pod. But or if it, I, I don't know. I need to think about it a little bit more. But um, appreciate you guys tuning into this podcast. Um, Joey will be out on Thursday. Either it'll be just me, or maybe we can bring him as for one more. We still haven't decided on that one yet. But um, yeah, have fun, Joey. Have fun in 
Disney. Yeah, shout out to him and Riley. I'm sure Joey had a great time yesterday at the game. Um, she's Madeline Bowen. I'm Kevin Bowen. 1075thefan.com is all your latest Colts coverage. If you have any other further questions I didn't get to or you want me to expand on anything else on Thursday's podcast, you know where to find me. And uh, thanks for listening to this edition of Kevin's Corner. Have a great week, everyone. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.